Coca, su naray, su naray en ti. 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 Hello, welcome to the Mango TV podcast. Today we have Soledad Davis. Soledad is a professional astrologer and a researcher on the intersection of astrology, philosophy, and religion. She obtained an MA in cultural astronomy and astronomy at the University of Wales in the UK and founded Sacosimatica, an international online school for archetypal and transpersonal studies. Sacosimatica.com. Welcome, Soledad. Thank you, Giancarlo. So, Just to put a little bit of this episode in the context of the general Mango TV line of inquiry, for those um, who read, uh, I wrote a blog, a blog called Becoming Consciousness, where we were explaining the difference of, um, of paradigm, of worldview uh, around consciousness. So our scientific materialistic overview believe that uh, mind came from matter, so that when the brain... Uh, reach a certain level of complexity, poof, magically consciousness appears. And then there is the other worldview, which is more from the East, um, which believes that um, matter came after consciousness, that the, the brain is just a, a, a mediator of consciousness, but not the creator of consciousness. That consciousness you know, comes before, like the brain is like a radio who, who modulates the frequency, but the frequency comes from some sort of divine universal consciousness. So if this is the case, and there are many at the cutting edge of physics and mechanics now, there's lots of people looking at this new theory of consciousness. So if this is true and consciousness is primordial, then probably our universe is sentient or intelligent or, or at You know, it, it might be that all these planets, they're not just like a gigantic clock that move around without meaning and purpose. If we believe that consciousness comes before the brain, then it's not just random and mechanic. So that's why now we're talking about Soledad. <laughs> She spent a big chunk of her life studying the meaning of this planetary configuration But let's start from the beginning. So tell us uh, a little bit about your personal story. How did you get exposed to that? Hello, Giancarlo. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure to talk about, to talk about with you and also about astrology. So my personal journey, how did I come across with astrology? Well, uh, first of all, from my 16 years old to my 27, 28, 20, yeah, 28, years old. I've been treated as a psychiatric patient. I've been hospitalized several times because of um, psychotic, psychotic episode or brokes, as the doctor called call them, like psychotic episodes. So after the psychotic episodes, I was in the clinic every time. So H How old were you when you were the first psychotic episode? Uh, 19. 19. And you were living where? In Buenos Aires. I, I am from Patagonia, Argentina, but I've been living in Buenos Aires for 10 years before moving to Europe, like 
seven years ago. Uh, so at that time, I, I, I was in, in Buenos Aires. I moved there to, for, for studying. So I had this first psychotic. Uh, I started with a depression at my 16 years old, around that age. And around, yeah, 19 years old, I had my first uh, episode that uh, drove me to the hospital. And I've been hospitalized there for, for a while. And many times after um, suicide episodes also. Do you mind me asking, how did the, the episode look like? Shaking or fear or inability to leave the bed? It was, uh, it was uh, yeah, a lot of fear because it, it was very confusing because I was feeling, sensing, seeing, hearing things that I, I, I couldn't explain. So the explanation of the medical paradigm at that time was like I was <laughs> insane. So, uh, and also I was insane for life. So I was treated with a, uh, for an illness that was for life. That's the, the, the speech. The diagnosis, yeah. The diagnosis and also the speech, no? the, that the doctor told me. That I have to take pills all my life. That, that was my, my life at that time, you know. So, well, that was like kind of 10 years, more or less. So, um, 10 years of, of being in prescription medication, yes. from 19 to 29. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 before from taking pills, at 19 was my first crisis, a, a, yeah. hospitalization. hospitalization. But I started with crisis and with depression and with taking pills at 16 mm. years old. Um, so yeah, it was chaotic and I, I was feeling so desperate. I was desperate. There's a, I, I can... I cannot live anymore. I was tired already. I was 20 years old. I was tired. I, I, cannot, I, I cannot do anything with this. I, this life is not for me. <laughs> I was like, a, I quit. I quit. This is not for me. Thank you very much. But I'm, and your, I'm your parents were supportive? Yeah, but strange because this, this is a paradigm thing. This, so it's not easy because my family was supporting me, but... Uh, based on an old paradigm that it was not helping me even if I wanted and my family wanted and everybody wanted to, to help me, but it wasn't helping me at the end because I was taking lithium every day and a lot of pills. Actually, I was taking lots of pills every day and I was going down and up like always. But I, 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 I did feel something that changed that... I didn't want, want to take my life <laughs> anymore. Uh, I didn't want to suicide after I, sta I started to take lithium. Uh, so anyway, so I was in this chaotic life um, with uh, up and downs, going in and out from clinics and going in from Patagonia in my parents' house to Buenos Aires and, and trying to... to to be alive, right? to keep me alive. <laughs> so when I was reaching my 27, 28, that is something that in astrology we know as a um, Saturn return. And I, I invite you to, to your audience, Giancarlo, to think about what was happening at your 17, 
you know, 17, no, 20, 26, 27, 28, more 28, 29, um, 29, what was happening in your life? Maybe some turning points, one this big decision, something that will change the structure of your life for the, uh, the 20 years after that. So it's a big moment yeah. in, in just, astrology. Ju just to confirm your intuition <laughs> that you are right. You know, I was 28 in, um, in a year. I was born in 68. So around uh, um, 96, 97, that's where I left London to start completely career in New York. That's it. That's Saturn return. So it's a turning point. In, in, in Usually it's a turning point. Maybe if whether if we can realize or not, it's happening. Astrology is happening all the time, even if you realize it or not. So at that moment, I started to question the quantity of pills I was taking every day. So I don't want to take all this amount of pills all my life. So I started to, to look for alternative therapies to treat my illness more organically, you know, something. I didn't want to take mm, so many pills, that's the thing. But I was considered at, with, with a diagnosis, you know, I, I was not. Um, so that's when I started to look for other uh, therapies and I encountered in Buenos Aires a transpersonal center but so yes. sorry to interrupt yes. you, but just to clarify, so the diagnosis were for bipolar, schizophrenic, bipolar, bipolar, bipolar mostly, mostly. There were several, but bipolar, yeah. maniac, depression, and the symptom were that you know you felt depressed and you you were like you know panic attack. You were hearing things, seeing things also. Yeah, but I I, I had like crisis, like very emotional breaks that breakdown. Yeah, breakdown totally. Like. Uh, I, it was desperate because I didn't know what was happening to me at that but the time. The feeling was a feeling of 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 desperation, desperation, desperation. Yeah, desperation. Yeah. At the base of yeah. of the experience was desperation. Yeah, this connection from this reality. Yeah. But so, because you said something very interesting, you said you know my parents did their best, but you know the current paradigm tells you that you know if you feel that this reality is not enough for you and maybe you're looking something deeper because you think that there might be different reality with meaning and purpose, our current paradigm tells you that you're crazy. And so this is like, you know, it's a very important point. Yeah. You know, we have one movie in our uh, documentary section called Crazy Wisdom where same thing, you know, in, in indigenous society, when people will have this strong emotion or vision, they will consider them enlightened. They will consider them, they were like a bridge with another dimension. They will not consider them crazy. crazy yeah. Okay, so thank you very much for sharing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, um, I was feeling that like, I was like a split inside me between uh, a visible world and an invisible world. I was feeling that invisible world. I, fe I, I felt, I still feeling that, uh, that other dimension. But as you said, the current paradigm say that it doesn't exist. So I was divided between worlds. So that's schizophrenic. This is, so the, 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 the current paradigm would say that try to put like 
um, I don't know how you say, like parches of things to to put down. And it's a, like a Frankenstein thing, you know, to try to be like a productive person in this world. This is the, 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 the aim of the treatment. The aim, the aim of the treatment was to integrate you more in this paradigm. In this paradigm, too, in this productive paradigm, yeah. that this materialistic paradigm. Yeah. Because I was trying to not, not to feel so much, trying to yeah. not be myself so much, because if not, I can live in this world. <laughs> what do I do? What can I do? So I, I, I surrender to, to what these people that supposed to be experts. And this, there is a, a very interesting episode because the first time that a psychiatrist, after being in a clinic already, um, but my first diagnosis uh, from a psychiatric a shrink, I remember that when she told me, okay, you are a bi bipolar, I said, I remember like, like if it's happening right now, uh, I told her, no, I'm not bipolar. I have spiritual problems. I was around 20, 22 years old. And the, the shrink told me, ah, yes, okay, what spiritual problem do you have? Tell me. No, I don't know. I told her, I don't know, what, but I feel that it's a spiritual problem. Okay, because I said, I don't know, I can, uh, I don't know what to tell you about my spiritual problem. She, she told me, okay, I, I can't do, I, I, I can't say to you why you are bipolar. You cannot say why, wh wh why is your personal uh, spiritual problems, but I can say why, uh, why you are a bipolar person. So she started to read my symptom and it was right. <laughs> yeah, that's happened to me. So at that moment, I started to be like a... To surrender. But, but I have the intuition. Some part of me, even if was, I was desperate and very confused, uh, I knew. So you were saying, then you had your first transpersonal session, you were saying. No, yeah, 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 but it, it wasn't that one. No, that, <laughs> was, that was 22 yeah, years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. You had an intuition that there was something related to spirit and different dimensions. Yeah, yeah, but then I, I, I continued with the old paradigm. So when I started to question the amount of pills I was taking at that time, when I was 27, 28, I started to look for others' alternative uh, perspective. I started different kind of alternative therapies. And I found this uh, transpersonal center in Buenos Aires with uh, psychologists and therapists that were, um, that they studied with Stan Groff, actually. And they were pioneers, actually, in Buenos Aires doing what we call now like um, psychedelic therapy. But at that time, we didn't know that kind of therapy with that name, you know. But um, so they study with uh, Sangroff and they were doing um, holotropic breathwork and also working with ayahuasca. So I, start, I started to, to treat myself there and that's when I came across with Sangroff uh, spiritual emergencies notion. Um, and that's when m m changed my mind, because at that time I was looking for other ways to 
take my illness more healthy, not to take that amount of pills, but I was ill. That's my sense of me. Uh, but at that time, when I came across with Tangro Spiritual Emergencies, I changed my mind. I was not ill anymore. So I started to think about my crisis, about myself, and all what was happening during all these 10 years or 12 years with other eyes, like a spiritual thing. And it started to make me more sense. And so I started to quit the, my medication at that time. Uh, I changed my, I started to change my mind about what was happening to me. And that's when ayahuasca entered my life because I did one ceremony with them, not in, in, a, um, in a way that most, many people now work with psychedelics, with, with the mask and in a very like clinic, clinic environment. This was more like a um, Peruvian ceremony, but in Buenos Aires. So I did my first ayahuasca uh, after I quit the medication. But sorry, sorry that what yeah. was the um, what make you quit the the medication? What? Uh, yes, because you you entered you, you you met this center in Buenos Aires that was using the Stan Groff methodology, and then that make you discovering what transpersonal psychology is, and then you decided to stop the medication. No, I decided to stop the medication earlier. Earlier. I started to think about, I don't want to take more pills, yeah. but I continue with the illness somehow. But the first thing was medication. Yeah. That was the first point. I don't want to take this amount of pills all my life. Because you were felt there were some side effects. Yeah, that, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Lots. Okay. Lots. And also, no, didn't feel right. Yes. So you met the center, you start working with them, but before ayahuasca, what kind of work were you doing? It was verbal therapy? Yeah, or? more verbal therapy. Yeah, because I, I couldn't do um, an allotropic breath work. I went, for the first time, I went to this center for an allotropic breath, breath work, but I couldn't do it because I was taking pills. Yeah. So that's when I decide, okay, this is... This is a pivotal moment. Okay, this is oh, this way without pills and and trying to figure it out. What can I do with these people with allotropic breathwork and see? And if it doesn't work, I can I can back and take lithium again. I I wanted to feel good. That's my what I wanted. I want to feel good. So I was trying to figure it out how to do it. Uh, so I decided to, to try to quit the medication and see what happened. And I, I didn't take any pill anymore from that moment. Uh, so first of all, it was verbal. And after a few months, I did my first ayahuasca session ceremony. I was beautiful and amazing. And... I, I was saying to you minutes ago, this feeling about feeling like um, this, yeah, the feeling of division <laughs> that I felt like a, an decision in myself. Separation. Between, a separation and a split between wars. And in that first session was like, oh, <laughs> both exist. You cannot deny 
no the visible material world, no the other one. Both exist at the same time. Yeah, you transcend the separation. Yeah, I transcend the separation. And, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Because what, what a liberation. Yeah, what a liberation. I feel relief. Very, I'm not crazy. Very, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm not crazy. And the week after that, uh, I flew to Peru and I did my first ayahuasca dieta. And which tradition? Peruvian? Which, yeah, Peruvian. Which tribes do you remember? No, 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 no. They, 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 they weren't Shipibos because the first one was around Tarapoto and the other one around Iquitos. But it was, they, they were na native, but not Shipibos. Um, so that changed my mind. And in that ayahuasca dieta in Peru, the first one, that's when I had have, have the intuition of uh, study astrology. Because when I started to, uh, well, during the, the, the ayahuasca journey, astrology was around me. I, 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 at that time, I had my reading, my first reading, uh, chart reading already, and it was very, uh, it, it was an impact for me uh, to have that reading because uh, when, especially, especially when you have your first approach to astrology, this is a very common experience, you cannot believe it. How, how, how can you read that in the natal chart? How, how can you say that? No? So it, ha it has an, an impact. But when I was in, in Peru, during the um, ayahuasca session, I had this um, astrological input <laughs> during the journeys. So I decided that when I came back to, to Buenos Aires, I wanted to enroll the, uh, a very important astro uh, school of astrology that is in, in Buenos Aires. Um, so when I came back, I enrolled to the school, and the next year I started to study astrology for four years in this school. And I really, it, it, it changed my mind because what... Uh, gave me astrology in that situation was like a rewiring of my brain because uh, it's, it's an impact for the cosmology, for the worldview, because how can it be that the movement of the star is related with my very, very private, intimate psychological process? or even the, my very daily things. How can it be? So it is a really impact for, for the cosmology when you start to, to, to study astrology, but because, as you said, this idea that maybe we, we, we can see in Eastern philosophy, we can find it also in the West tradition. Uh, we find that kind of cosmology very idealistic or with consciousness primary uh, also in, in, in West tradition, in the Western esoteric tradition. And when we find astrology, Western astrology, because there is also a Vedic astrology that is the Indian one. But our Western astrology has its roots in Mesopotamia, the systematization uh, of the practice of astrology that we uh, 
we use today um, came from the Hellenistic period. So it's a merge between uh, philosophies like Plato, Aristotle, um, the Stoics. So it's a mix of this, this kind of philosophy. So it is a Platonic tradition that the worldview at that moment was a very holistic because this idea of fractal, like a planetary fields, like an onion in which we are inside this structure, inside this order, inside the sky. This idea that we are inside the sky and not under the sky. So it's, it's a, also a turning point for, turning point for how do you live your life? Because you start to feel more connected with nature because you start to try to put in tune or synchronize your personal complexes, your personal daily life with a bigger order. So that's when uh, this rewiring of my brain that, that I was saying uh, started to put in action and change my mind also to, because the, the symbolic language is a doorway to, to interpret and to see and to understand that other invisible dimension. Because in the origin, origins of, of astrology, the cosmology at that time, uh, for them, there was an invisible world as real as the visible one. So there, there, was a, there wasn't a problem with that. We have that problem in modernity with this paradigm. So in that sense, astrology has a lot to offer because, because of the philosophical and cosmological implications of astrology. Not only to know Saturn and Mars and what is happening to me and how can I be better every time and um, feel my potentials and express my potentials through astrology, but in a philosophical way. No? How it's a daily practice that we can put into action to uh, synchronize and put in tune our individual life with nature, with um, cyclic movement of nature, and, and see our life within a bigger order, yeah. So that gave me a, a, a bigger sense, this, this symbolic language that is astrology, uh, is another kind of mode of knowledge, symbolic, and our normal language works very different. They, they, have different, they, they, they are connected with different ontologies also, these kind of languages. So it helped me to... Uh, and trying to understand what, and in a past moment, I feel desperate because I couldn't understand what was happening. And maybe now, maybe I, I don't understand it neither, but I feel or have the sense that there is an order. So it's, it's very different. So with the knowledge you have now, those panic attacks you had in childhood, would you think that they were maybe connected to some sort of astrological transit? Yeah, totally. Uh, when I 
when I saw my transits in the past, uh, at that time, uh, it was astonished. Uh, the, the, the transits I was having, undergoing at that time. Uh, well, I have to, to introduce, introduce uh, symbolic, astrological symbolism to talk about these transits. But yeah, it's, it's totally connected. And actually also, if I, if I think about the content, uh, the images that appears during these episodes, um, the psychotic episodes, psychotic. Psychotic, the, the content and the imaginary, uh, the images of that moment, I can connect it, I can connect it with the astrological, not only with the astrological transit, but also with my natal chart and the themes that I can see in my natal chart. So it's, it's very impressive how can I see the, the journeys, these this, uh, psychotic episodes at the content is very similar at, uh, with the content that we can compare with a psychedelic journey as well. There is a connection. But so, if imagine we were living in a paradigm that has integrated this knowledge of this, uh, you know, we're going to have time to talk more about this term of um, participatory epistemology. So, you know, I just want to clarify for me and for others to what extent some you know, cyclical emotions or intense emotion might just be associated to the natural cyclicality of the universe. The fact that there is the cycle, there is the woman have their moon, there is, you know, they some ladies feel a little bit crazy just before the moon, and maybe some men are also, also the men of the, you know, the, the mood of the humans is definitely connected with the cycle of the moon and the ties. And so, you know, when you were like 20, 22, you had your first psychotic breakdown. Imagine we were living in a society that has integrated this, this cosmology, this worldview, this ontological way to interpret reality. Then the psychiatric will not have read you your symptoms and then label you with bipolar and give you all the pills. Mm -hmm. It would have been a different sort of, of, of expert therapist that would have, maybe looked at your natal chart or how, how do you think a psychiatric or a doctor could have interpreted your considered bipolar behavior with the knowledge of the astrology, with the astrological knowledge you now have now, you know, can you put yourself into the skin of that psychiatry that diagnosed you back then, knowing what you know now, what would you have told you? Yeah. <laughs> it's a tricky one. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I think that the knowledge that can bring the natal chart, but of course we are talking about a different paradigm. So it's not just a knowledge that I can took and put it here or there and whatever. No, it's not. Astrology is not a tool. If we cannot reduce astrology as a tool to just a tool to put it here and out, but a, a, a cosmology. So 
is the shrink is working with astrology. So we just supposed that he also believed that there is a invisible dimension, that there is people that is sensitive to this dimension. I give me tools to manage that because it's, it's not something that uh, finished to happen to me. I feel that things today, but I have the tools to, to manage them. Can you talk a little bit about the tools? Well, in that sense, the, the tool for me was <laughs> embody, embodiment and breathing. And we always go back to pr- yeah. practice of embodiment and breathing yeah, and, and getting out of your head. Yeah, yeah, because in that sense, I think that astrology, especially right now in modernity, can nourish our neurotic things because I was trying to explain all the time because this planet is this and this. That's why I'm feeling this. And that's why I'm trying to explain all the time everything with astrology. And this that's neurotic and is not em- embodying the deep treasure of astrology in that neurotic explanation. Okay, so let's go back a little bit to... Um You know, I would like you to put a little bit your didactic hat now. Okay. Uh, at the teacher of astrology. The so teacher. you sign up to the School of Astrology in Buenos Aires, which was teaching what kind of astrology? Like Western or Latin American or Vedic or Egyptian? There's so many different types of astrology, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. yes. Yeah, well, every culture has uh, their astrology. We can see it in, in different cultures. But we learn, uh, yeah, Western astrology. That is the astrology that we uh, we used to know, that when we read posts and everything. So who invented that astrology? Uh, who invented? <laughs> who, who created? That's the question. The, the ancient Greeks. Well, uh, the, the scholars say that the origins are in Mesopotamia, but it was systematized in, yeah, in, in the ancient Greece. So the techniques and the, the basic element that we use today in astrology came from there. But you don't study them in school. <laughs> they teach you about Plato and Aristotle, but they don't tell you about the astrology. Yeah, no. No, that's well. That's the the esoteric current that study this counterculture. Uh, so already back then they were like underground. Already back then they were like. No, no, not that much. Not that much because at that time, uh, you have to think that for, for, from that time till 17th century, the cosmology was coherent with the vision of the world of astrology. So astrology, uh, all the um, was uh, teach was taught at uh, was taught at the university in the medical uh, studies. Every um, w- w- when where? Well, in the 16th century, 15th, 16th century, in Bologna actually, mm. <laughs> and also in France was uh, uh, was part of the medical um, uh, studies because of this uh, Galeno also philosophy that the balance of the elements and the temperaments, the, the humors, you can balance it. Astrologers were also doctors, were shamans, were priests. 
and they use natural char for medical treatment. How, uh, how to balance the four elements for them was um, a sign of health. And also, for example, for Marsilio Ficino, one of uh, a big Renaissance uh, astrologer, had this, well, this healing vision of, uh, of astrology because for many, but also for, for him, the therapeutical thing about astrology was to tune yourself, synchronize your individual life to nature, to, uh, uh, to the cosmos. So when, when, it, when your life and a bigger order are going together, moving together, synchronized, that's a sign of, of, of healing and health. So they were looking for that, to synchronize that, the particular and the universal. So astrology was very important. Just repeat the Italian astrologers. We're going to put in the footnote. Mar- Marsilio Ficino. Marsilio Ficino. Yeah, well, he was very important because um, he translated all the platonic, well, no, no, not all, <laughs> but many of the platonic, the corpus hermeticum, so the platonic renaissance and the totalic renaissance in the renaissance. <laughs> uh, he has uh, a big, important role, Ficino. Okay, great. So let's go back to your course at Buenos Aires. Uh, one, one thing. So we, we have lots of oh, years of astrology. Mm. So we have, uh, there are different currents and also we have natal, natal astrology, but there is other branches very important of astrology, like orary astrology, that is the most oracular astrology, is the astrology of the question. Okay, I will move, for example, I will move next month it's not the natal chart. We calculate a chart for that question. And also we have the elective astrology, that is the election of a good moment to start everything because startings are very important in, in astrology. So in my school, we, we teach like an, an integration between techniques, ancient techniques and, techniques and also modern techniques, but we also study the philosophy and the histories of astrology. Beautiful. Let's go back to um, just who, who curated the curriculum of your Buenos Aires course. It was an astrologer from the West. Yes, yes. All, all this astrology that I study is, is Western astrology. Okay. That was a what? A four four years course. Uh, well, that school was four years, but I studied in, in many schools after that, after and that. I, I studied with with Richard Tarnas also in California. I did some courses at the CIIS. And then I started a Master of Cultural Astronomy and Astrology in UK for three, four years more, and I finished it. Mm, so you study like a decade. Yeah, and I continue to. I love astrology, and it's infinite. So I continue studying all the time and also teaching. Amazing. Okay, so out of this 10 years body of work, is there one aspect that really turns you on? <laughs> About astrology. About astrology. Um, yes, yes, the philosophical implications. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk. Let's talk a little <laughs> about that. <laughs> I just want. I just want to say because sometimes I feel that I feel the need to bring our listener back to what is, you know, the DNA of of Mango TV with mm. the documentary and the blog and the and the podcast. Forgive me for this. Uh, quick um, digression, but 
ultimately what we are interested to explore here is you know is of is a, is a, the new generation of the human potential mm. which is you know how do we achieve body and mental wellness how do we ultimately feel better in this life and you know how can we find our gift how can we give it away and how can we help others how can we thrive in this planet you know ultimately i'm trying to explore the formula for um you know for for living um, connected and happy and fulfilled so ultimately we are about personal development mm-hmm. so that's why when you start talking okay philosophically how do we how can we how this new paradigm affect a new type of philosophy that then will impact a new way of living which then will make us happier mm. <laughs> good yeah i think that astrology has a lot to offer in that sense because how can it be that as i said the movement of the star uh, are connected with our very intimate and private events and processes how can so i think that that's that question the answer of the question is a mystery but the um symbolic language actually the role of symbol is to relegate to unify that's actually the 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 etymology of symbol have to do with that with unify so when we put in practice the philosophical uh, view of astrology we enter to a vision of the world where everything is connected to everything it's not only that the stars cause our events here in earth but that thing that moves the stars also moves our life our, our inner life so in that sense astrology um is an invitation to connect our very isolated mother uh, inner life that as a something that is happening inside my skin no the idea the modern idea is me myself my psyche uh, psyche is understood as a mix of complexes and tendencies personal tendencies but for astrology psyche is this idea of anima mundi is the inner aspect of life not only the human life so astrology is an invitation to this subject subject relationship with also with nature because uh, these active forces that we call the planets for example are moving everything they move the planets the, there is a really nice vision that the planets are the visible faces of divinity so if we think about that uh div- divinity for example is expressing through the planets and through us 
that thing that is moving the planet is also moving our life. It not just cause and effect. So this is a very important thing, how we start to connect our isolated life, modern life, to a bigger order, that there is an order. So, and we, we can start to participate in that order when, when we realize and start to work, uh, to cooperate with them. No? That's one of the implications. And also, uh, it has a very ecological aspect because it connects our personal lives to the rhythm of nature. We tend to live in, in a modern society in a um, productive <laughs> kind of life, and also our idea of time used to be linear, so past, present, future, so our idea, and, and the experience of time in astrology is cyclical. So that means that our identities, our experiences, our projects, our everything is also cyclical. We, are, we, we don't have fixed identities, but cyclical. Um, so our idea of time, that is not only a, a, a matter of quantity, but also of quantity, that time has quantity and also an order. Uh, well, I think that it's, it's, it's something, there is a lot to, to think about that, you know, how it, it, it has an impact in our normal way of living as a progress, as an evolution, the cyclical theory means increasing and decreasing, not just increasing, 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 and progress, and progress, and progress. So it's the polarity base of life. We have day, we have night. So it's based of nature. And nature has also inner life. So in this sense, the ecological aspect of astrology that can bring our internal life connected with nature not only in terms of quantity, but also of quantity and the rhythms. So a lot of things. No, that's su super interesting. Same. So let's maybe talk a little bit more about these two concepts just to, to, to try to uh, crystallize a couple of notions because it's a lot for people like me <laughs> um, who's not familiar with, the, with astrology. So this idea of anima mundi, can you explain what, what it means? Sí, el, el alma del mundo in Spanish, the soul of the world. And there are different um, approach, approaches to, to that, of course. But there are some, some myths in these uh, origins of astrology, like the idea that the soul came from the stars, that the soul was going down through the structures of the skies, and that's when the soul uh, is imprinted with the planetary uh, qualities, and then he arrived, the soul arrives to Earth, and then we have the ascendant journey through the planetary uh, spheres. So the soul was coming down from where? That was the platonic idea. From, yeah, from... The, from the stars. From the heavens. Yes, yes. Yeah, the heaven was, that's why 
uh, we tend to to think astrology and the sky, no, like something that is above, ab- above that we are under the sky, no, that is affecting this idea of cause and effect. But we, if we think that we're inside the sky, more uh, a circular, more a uh, more like a context. Inclusive. More inclusive, yeah. That we are embraced by the planet, by the solar system, by the cosmos. That we are part of that. So what was the question? I was saying, Anima Mundi. The Anima Mundi. So this idea that the soul was the mediating, the planets are the intermediate dimension between the agency of the earth and the movement of the, the sky. So it's a, it's, a, it's a doorway, the planets and the anima mundi is all, all this uh, active, it's like, a, um, it's like the, um, the collective unconsciousness that Jung brought. is one of the reactualization of the anima mundi in the 20th century was this collective uh, unconscious notion of, of Carl Jung. But the difference is, uh, one of the difference is that uh, for modernity, this idea that the collective unconscious is something human no? that we project to the world. But the idea of anima mundi is the psyche is something that pertains to all the living beings of planets, not only human, that our individual souls are part of this anima mundi, this world soul, that is the world of the images. Beautiful. So um, it's, it's the inner, inner aspect of the planet, not yeah. only humans. This, this idea that there is an intelligence in the cosmos. You can use the word intelligence, you can use also the word moral, you know, like, um, I think uh, Dr. King used this line, but he borrowed it for someone else, maybe you know. He said that uh, the moral arc of the universe It's very large, but it exists, meaning that our history tends toward justice and morality. So by him saying that, it implies that there is a design, there is a consciousness in the universe. Um, Another another, um, metaphor, or actually another mathematician who developed this idea of the, um, the Fibonacci numbers, this mathematician from the 14th century. Yeah. And, and, and he, you know, he created this uh, golden ratio, which is basically those numbers that, um, he, he created this line of number where every number is the sum of the two previous number. And so he came out with this, with this ratio and incredibly those ratios are present everywhere in nature, in the spiral of the shell and the reproductive cycle of the rabbit and in the moon and in the architecture, ancient architecture. And also you can use them to predict the financial market and, 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 and you would think, how is that possible? And so, so that's another example, you know, the, the moral arc that Dr. King was talking about, the Fibonacci number that many people are familiar with. Yeah, it's the same principle of astrology, sacred geometry and the Pythagorean tradition and the, the idea of number as a quality, as a spiritual entity is very old. So uh, if you look at astrology, it's all about 
geometry and psychic geometry. Yes. So that's the, the logos part of the, the question. No, we, ha we have this anima mundi, this chaotic world of images and qualities and forces, and we have the, the, um, the intellect. No, this part of that, that, that this, there is ratio, no? there is an order. So as I was saying at the very beginning about the Saturn return, that's math because we knew as, a, as, an, as an astrologer from the moment you, you born that at that time you will have the Saturn return. That's an order. So it's not something that you can do or everything is possi possible at every moment. From the point of view of astrology, well, th there is a lot to talk about determinism and free will in that sense, no? A really philosophical implication in that sense as well. But if you believe that there is an order, there is a ratio, uh, we are talking about this kind of determinism. No? Uh, and that our individual life is expressing that order. We are not disconnected from that, from the bigger order. So if we can connect the part, the particular and the individual, because what you are saying is that the structure of the cosmos and the structure of our inner life and our psychology is the same. It's not just something is first or what can first, consciousness, or, but together. Okay, so let's maybe try to bring all this wisdom and knowledge a little bit down to, you know, daily human affairs. <laughs> so, um, if there is an order, if there, if the sent, if the universe is sentient, if there is, if there is an intelligence, we are in the center. We are part of an intelligent big, you know, it's like a multicellular organism. You know, we're all one. <laughs> and um, so how this new paradigm could affect our, our human daily beha behavior? How, how this knowledge, this awareness that, you know, we're not crazy if we feel sometimes disconnected from this reality, how all this can help us? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think that the astrology has a lot of aspects that can, that can offer I said about the ecological aspect mm -hmm. because it can connect our inner life um, in a natural rhythm connected with nature. So uh, it can bring a lot of ecological consciousness because also there is the, the, the fundamental insight that everything is connected. So if I start to... Uh, realize that this moment, this interview is implicated in both, in the natural chart of both of us. Uh, well, since it's mind-blowing, astrology for me is mind-blowing all the time. And not because sometimes I, I cannot understand it, but I can feel the meaning, <laughs> you know? Um, so to, to connect us with, with the world, and also, for example, to understand other, uh, another uh, different disciplines, for example, politics or economics, there is the um, uh, 
Munan war, war astrology, that is the astrology of the world that reads the social movements, the economical movements, uh, all the um, interpretations around COVID or that kind of things, for example. Uh, so astrology has a lot of to offer in that sense, how we can connect politics and economics in, in, in order with the stars also. So this is what you're mentioning, you know, Richard Turner's wrote a book, Cosmo and Psyche. Yes. And basically one of his arguments was that mm -hmm. two planets are either aligned on the other side of Earth or on the same side or in a, in a, in a perpendicular that's associated with time of transformation and revolution. Yeah, every planet has uh, its quality, of course. So, it's, um, so when these planets start to relate to different qualities with different effects that has, and what you were talking also is about aspects. Aspects are kind of dialogues. If we are in a difficult aspect, we are, we are having like a, a difficult dialogue. If we are uh, trying or succeed that are more soft aspects, well, it's another kind of dialogue. So we can start to compare also because we are talking about cyclical time. It's not evolution. It's not linear. So it's cyclical. So that means that there are cyclical experiences and cyclical processes. So we can compare somehow different moments in our story to see what was happening when, um, when these planets entered that or that sign, for example. What was happening, so what information can that bring for the present? Because astrology is not just to, to manage the future or to control the future, but to manage the present. What do we do with the present? So, for example, next year, Pluto will enter the sign of Aquarius and will do it in the 25 as well. So the last moment that Pluto was in Aquarius, in the sign of Aquarius, was in the context of a French Revolution and Industrial Revolution. Okay, and maybe I can smell something about that right now. The, 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 the technological revolution. The technological revolution. The artificial intelligence. For example, and Aquarius has a lot to do with uh, technological breakthroughs and, so, and revolutions and technology. So, yeah, with robotics and artificial intelligence, there, is, there will be like a very intense uh, crisis in, in work. And just as they say, a lot of people is migrating to to the countryside uh, instead so of going a, to the city. It's like already the, happening. Yes. Yeah, it's starting. Yeah. Now, this is just the beginning. So we can understand that kind of things. But so, you know, we I produced a documentary on a book by Daniel Pinchberg called 2012, The Return of Quetzalcoatl. And we we produced a documentary called 2012 Time for Change. And the starting point was that um, the, the end of the Mayan calendar. And this idea that the end of the Mayan calendar was associated with the moment of transformation and, and rebirth and crisis. And, 
And nobody, nobody really, no, none of the Mayan scholar we interviewed specifically said 21st December 2012 on the dot. It was an area, right? So now you look around the world and you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> maybe there was something to it. And then I remember back then they were also talking about the, the Vedic astrology and the yugas and then how the, the, the Kala Yuga and the different yugas also were, you know, com- you know also were coinciding with the Mayan calendar into a new era. And then also the Western astrology with the age of Aquarius. And so sometimes I think, of course, it's not a coincidence that all this map, if we believe that they are true, like I think Rick Tarnas was saying that, or, 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 or Joseph Campbell was saying that the map of truth will converge. Because if they are true and the planet are the same, then 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 maybe there is there is something to it. Yeah, I think that this uh, those cultures had had a kind of internet without internet, you know, <laughs> that uh, they they were connect connected with the same thing and trying to interpret that mystery in their way and and measuring that. So, yeah, it has a lot of religion uh, implication, I think, in that sense, because if we are talking about planetary beings and planets, they were connected with gods and goddesses. So in that sense, we are talking about religions as well. Um, So in that sense, that's another aspect that astrology, I think, that can offer our change today because through the invitation of connecting us to the world and to the order of cosmos I think that astrology could be understood can be understood as a spiritual practice because again it connects our particular the details of our life to a bigger order to the planetary god and goddesses so in that sense, it's ecological, it's spiritual, it, it also has a very practical and pragmatic aspect that is um, how to manage the present because we are trying to tune to the quality of the moment. But what is the quality of the moment? We are talking about fields, theory, we are talking about that we are, that, psych, that we are inside the psyche. Psyche is not inside us, but we are inside the psyche like a fish in, in water. So if, if we start to, to be more sensitive to this field, we can uh, bring our potentials to the world in a better sense, in more, more authentic, more, I think that astrology is a guide to discover our very authentic and true self that True self is a very is is nature expressing through us, and and trying to give the context for these planetary spiritual beings expressed through our life and and express their potential, not our potential, the potential of life, not. Soledad potentials. Yes, of course, too. But it's in service to something else. Beautiful, beautiful. But so now I start to see what you meant by the ecological awareness. So this idea of, you know, being aware 
of trying to lead your life, you know, using nature operating principles? Because we are talking about nature, planets. We go, we can go every night and see the planets. So we connect our life to nature because we are not talking about some abstract notions like planets. They, they are actually there. So how can it be that that thing that is so far away from us uh, is also inside us? How can it be? That's why I want, want to say this one more time, that it's not that the planet as an objective thing is affecting us, but the thing that is moving the planet, that mystery thing that is moving the planet, is moving everything. And also our psychology processes, it's the same thing. So our life and the planets move together. Everything breathes together, say the Asian people. So if we start to live our life, that our inner uh, complexes and drama actually is also connected to that and is part of that, that this interview is part of that, I think that that changes the, 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 the fundamental base of our life, how we live our, our life, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Let's, let's talk another few minutes about this concept of a cyclical identity. Yes. So what do you mean by that? We tend to have a sense of identity as a fixed identity. No, I'm Soledad. This is me. I can do like a uh, description of me, for example, and how I project myself in the future. No? And trying to continue with that image, uh, self-image. No? Because that image, that sense of me, bring, give me a sense of identity. But if we look at uh, astrology and the transits, if transits, for example, what we are talking about Saturn return, that means that the quality of our, our life, if, if we think of planet of the seven trends of our personality, like, this, like the structure of our personality, we have these different qualities that are more strong or less strong in different moments of our life. So it's a continuum movement. So if time has quality and this quality is uh, informing our thoughts, our actions, our behaviors, because we are inside that, we are moving with, with this cycle. So pay attention to, to your life, how not only our identity, but our experiences are, are cyclical. They increase and they decay. And nature is like that. We have the season. uh, seasons. We are, yeah, actually, the Western astrology is based on the seasons. So if we think about our identity as seasonal, <laughs> it makes sense also that we, we change. Beautiful. So, so basically, to apply this intelligence to our life, you would recommend to, you know, be connected to nature in the sense of, you know, eat seasonal f- fruit and vegetable, be connected with the season, live um, 
sustainably in the sense of um you know try to be in sync with the cycle as much as possible yeah. and also the neuroscientist now says that you know you need to look at the sun for 15 minutes the first 3 hours you wake up to start your cascade of hormones i feel how this new practice of biohacking this seems all related about integration with nature yeah. they say go in the cold water um um go bare feet in the forest look at the sun you know it it seems to be look at the moon it seems that um yeah and and you can look at your natal, natal chart for a treatment depends of your for example the the balance of your elements is good for you uh, a nice path or the sun or is is not good it depends of your balance maybe you need more something more hot or more dry no to balance your particular temperament that's uh, one thing but there is a very important notion in in astrology astrology that is the the great chain of being that is the idea very fractal idea that everything is connected in in different scales So in a symbolic language that uh, like astrology for example the sun uh, is also connected with gold or the sunflower or the kings and queens no well the kings actually and the lion so it means that there is a quality that express in different scales and elements but respond to the same quality so there are plants herbs stones connected with a metal connected with a particular planet so you can work medically in that sense not to connect with venus you can work with cooper yeah cooper or with gold or with silver to connect with the um, the the moon no the the talismanic magic uh perspective works a lot of this because it's working with the quality of the moment so if you want to do a cooper talismanic talisman for venus you do it in venus day in venus hour when venus in the sky is with good aspects not in uh, any moment it's a particular moment because the idea of astrology that the time has quality so if we sense that quality we are tuned with that If we want to start something we don't do it when the moon is is dying <laughs> because the quality of that moment is 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 it's a dying moment it's a finished moment it's the end of something to to put a very simple example no in that sense with every planet so this idea that everything is connected with everything else uh, it means that metals plants herbs are connected with the planet and in reading a natal chart we can use that natal chart for a diagnosis uh, to f- uh, use this kind of thing for a treatment and see if cold is good for you or hot is good for you and dry or whatever a little bit like the ayurveda system yeah i don't know much about vedic astrology just uh, the, the basic differences with western but i think that all these systems like ayurveda that use also astrology 
have very fundamental principles in common. Amazing, amazing. I don't want to keep you for too long. Um, I think we should do, we should do um, another episode after I digested all this information. Um, just in terms of your uh, you know, career now, so how did, you, how did you apply all this knowledge you have acquired? You, you do reading? You do, how do you? Yes, I do, I, I do readings uh, with a psycho-spiritual orientation. And also I founded this school where I also teach. I, I really love teaching astrology. And I teach there, but there are many, many other experts teaching not only astrology, but also transpersonal psychology, symbolism a lot. It's, it's all around symbols and this uh, symbolic mode of knowledge of life. And for me, what is super interesting is, is everything in Spanish, sorry, um, the school. But for me, what is very interesting is to study the symbols and archetypes Uh, with people from different countries and culture because it's everything online. So for me, it nourishes a lot when people from different cultures can, can talk about the same kind of archetype no? because they have different experience about that image, maybe. No? So we do trainings on astrology, trainings on symbolism, And we did also, also Western esotericism, uh, religion, psychology, uh, mythology, uh, well, all that archetypal. And also my, I am a researcher, academic researcher. So my interest is in mystical experiences and astrology because I, I, for me, I argue that the symbol has the potential to expand our consciousness in the same way that psychedelic has. Um, but you can put it in practice in your daily life. That's why I, I really love teaching astrology, because for me it's to bring uh, the, the, the tool and the language and the paradigm to the other person, not only to read the natal chart in a context of a session and that cannot change the cosmology of the person. But, yeah, this is my work life. Beautiful. And so your classes are online? Everything is online. What's the website? Uh, the name is Psychosimatica, and actually Simatica, Cymatics in English, is the study of the, I don't know if, if you saw these experiments with sand or water, that the geometry that um, makes the sound, that's cymatics. So the, there are... Uh, the, the vibration, the vibration. creates this beautiful geometric pattern. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we tend to think that the sound creates the geometry, the mandala, uh, because we, we think about time in a linear way. No? But it's happening at the same time. So that's cymatics and the idea of uh, the fundamental structure of astrology. This idea of psychic geometry. So, uh, psychosematica is the mix of psyche and cymatics. So, that means that our psyche is all, it, it also has an order as uh, we can see with cymatic in nature. As you said, there are uh, geometries like Fibonacci ratio uh, 
uh, that we can see in nature, the repetition in different scales in nature. So if we translate that notion to psychology, well, it's the same. And we can see it very clearly with, uh, with astrology, this idea of psychosematic, that, we, that our life responds to the same order of the cosmos. So that's the idea of psychosematica. Beautiful. And the, and the website is psychosematica.com. Dot com, yes. But so now with recent uh, uh, tool, you can transcribe and translate for people that don't speak Spanish. Yes, 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 yes. We, we are on that. We, the, the idea of the school is to be bilingual, bilingual, because we have also um, English-speaking teacher that are translated to, to Spanish, mostly Spanish-speaking teachers, but we have other languages too. So in the vision, Psychosematica uh, will be um, bilingual, both Spanish and English, everything. Beautiful. Psychosematica.com. We're going to put it on the show note. Okay. Um, for people that have listened to us and are now curious to go a little bit deeper, what um, book, movie, article would you recommend? I recommend an, a chart reading more than, than a book or a, a many, many books. But if you want to go deeper with astrology, I want to grasp the gift of astrology, do a reading. But what about people that are in Los Angeles? They, how do they find the right reader? <laughs> Well, uh, there are really good astrologers in can the they, US. Can they contact you? Is your email on it, the website? Yeah, it's, it's my email. They can contact me. Um, but astrologers are everywhere. And yeah, it's, um, how do you find the, the best for you? Yeah, you can write me and I, I can do it or I can recommend another one. It depends on your city. Because I feel, you know, the, this reading... It's so open to interpretation, right? This, this, this reading that I feel that it's very easy to attract uh, little charlatans. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, that's one of the problems of astrology in every, every like, area. Like shamans a little yes. bit. You need to get, get yeah. a good referral. Yeah, especially now because uh, astrology is quite popular in, in social media. But it's very reductionist and very simplistic, that kind of astrology. Astrology has very complex techniques. And so in that sense, the techniques help you to synchronize what is happening at that moment in this natal chart and not to blah, blah, blah. But Soledad, correct me if I'm wrong. If someone gives his date of birth, time of birth and place of birth, then you can have you can do a Zoom call. You can share your screen. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. So when I work online at my online session, I share the natal chart and we are we talk about what I see yeah. from that and what this the, the question of the person, what is the Yeah. But, but so let's if anybody's interested to have a reading, just call you. Yeah, call me, call me and then let's see. Okay, yeah, perfect. Uh, the first session at least is around one hour and a half. Because we are talking about astrology, and in in a natal chart there is lots of information in the already in the fixed 
chart, but when we start to see the transits, the cycles uh, in the past, in the future, it's a lot. And also there is uh, another technique that is the synastry, that is the relationship between natal charts. So we are related here. Um, your natal chart, uh, Giancarlo and mine are related. Uh, if not, if they are not related, we cannot connect from the perspective of astrology. Uh, so that's another technique to, for example, to use between for, for couples or for partners or for the coach and the client, for example, uh, any kind of relationship, one-on-one. And also you can use it for families and start to, uh, to relate different uh, natal charts. So there are different techniques. Beautiful. I, I, I think we're going to stop here. Yeah. I don't want to, um, you know, inundate people with too much information in one go. But 20, I think... 20 centuries of astrology. It's a yes. lot in one hour, 10 to no. centuries of astrology. <laughs> so we're going to do, do an episode, episode two very soon. Thank you very much for your time, Soledad. Thank you. Thank you, Giancarlo. Coca, sonara, sonara Coca sonara y sonara y en ti 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 Coca sonara y sonara y en ti